Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Expedition U, where we talk about all things investing, investing yourself personally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Who invested in you, and who are you investing in? Here, as always, with Mr. Toller. What's happening, James? Not too much, man. Same old stuff. Not too much. Somehow I doubt that. I think you probably got a lot going on. Yeah, I actually just picked up a beachfront lot. I saw that. Yeah. Picked up. Uh, so, yeah. first row? First row. To get to the house, you have to drive on the beach. That's how much. Well, oh, that's beachfront living for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I've got a picked up the five and a half acres in, in uh, Santa Fe. Nice. So, what are y'all going to do with that? Flipping it. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. Bought it for really land value. Sure. I got a big barn on a tornado hit the barn. Oh wow! Uh, redid it all, brand new, ten nice. stall horse barn. Oh slab. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I remember. Yeah. Okay. It was entitled for like two months. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, bought it. But no, got some big ones, man. That's good. Really big flips going on. I got one in the Timber Cove. Did you guys buy that big Colonial one I saw okay. you and, uh, oh, good grief. You guys were out at Baytown, that big old Colonial. Oh, the one that was across from the uh, graveyard, really, really quiet neighbors. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the uh, benefits to that house. Just build a tall fence. Yeah, tall so you can't fence. see the, the graveyard. Dump, so the smell and the, the and so you got you get the smell of the dump with the right. nice with the haunted night. A specific ambiance. What's funny about that house? Actually, I had a guy message me on Facebook. He mm-hmm. says, "Hey, I, I actually was a tenant in that house and I moved out a week ago, and it's haunted." Oh, now you got to disclose it. <laughs> there you go. I just want to let you know, do not buy that house. I, I just moved out. I, I happen to be friends with him on Facebook. That's hilarious. So he's like, do not buy that house. Just trust me. I, I was living there, and I actually broke my lease because it was haunted. I, that, nice. was, that was a little heads up for me. There you go. Is that something you would have to disclose? Yeah. No, you have. Yeah. You don't have to disclose if somebody commits suicide in the house, but you have to disclose if you have been told that it is haunted. Really? No, for real. Or if somebody's yeah. murdered. If they're murdered, yes. yes. But if they die of... If, natural if it's natural a, causes. Natural causes or self-inflicted, you know. then you don't have to. What if it was a, a haunted murder where it didn't really happen? <laughs> but, you, know. you gotta disclose it twice. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Well, we've got uh, Kelly and Mark Lord here with us. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing them for a number of years. I think, so let's see, our daughters danced together for, what, two years? Mm-hmm. Two yep. years. And so Shelly, Shelly, my wife, and uh, Kelly have kind of ran in those circles, were very involved with the things that were going on. Mark, you were too. I never was because I was gone running the martial arts school. I was like the guy that you saw during the dad's dance like twice yeah. a year. Yeah. Right. Um, other than that, I was never there. But, um, you know, so Kelly and Mark, we had talked about before we got started, you know, what we really like to focus on here is is investing, um, you know, and, you know, whether it's James over here who's investing in, you know, tons and tons of properties. Uh, if it's investing in learning, uh, you know, James, again, I know you're a huge proponent of reading, expanding your knowledge base constantly. Um, you know, now Kelly uh, and Mark, I know you guys had kind of a, this is like your uh, version 2.0 kind of career. Correct. Right? Yes. I mean, so if you wouldn't mind, give us like just a couple minutes of kind of what y'all's background is, um, you know, professionally and personally. Okay. Well, I started out uh, in nursing. Okay. I moved here in 1985. Hey, the uh, same year I moved here. Yeah, a good year. <laughs> but I was 11. <laughs> and I wasn't. <laughs> I was not. Um, I, I took a job. I remember I went to nursing school at the University of Arkansas. Go Hogs. There you go. And I finished up at the University of Tulsa. Go Hurricanes. 
And Hogs and hurricanes. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. That's perfect for Houston. Well, yeah, definitely. But it, it was a, loved it, um, moved here. I, um, I remember I told my instructors that I was coming down to Houston to interview, and they're like, well, you'll be lucky to get one job offer. So I drove down here. I'm, I had all these interviews set up, and oh my gosh, I thought, now here's, you know, I was from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Sure. Not very big. Two high schools, right? Mm-hmm. I drive in, I'm going, oh my gosh, how did these hospitals make all this money, and they're right next door to each other? Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Oh, they, well. That's called they the Med Center. From, it's called the Med Center. <laughs> So I got five job offers. Oh, wow. And I chose St. Luke's, and I went into cardiology. Okay. Which was, is, will always be my first love. Sure. Um, love it, love it, love it. Ended up doing um, ICU, CCU, step down telemetry, outpatient heart cath, all, everything you can think you of. Lost me, you lost me at ICU. Anything beyond that, I don't know what any of yeah, that was, yeah. but that's cool. It's, it's all good stuff. <laughs> and, uh, well, if you like cardiology. And then I ended up uh, getting a job with one of the cardiology groups that were out of St. Luke's as their nurse. Okay. So by the time I quit working, there, there was like five cardiologists and I was their nurse. So, I mean, that's that's a specific of a specific of a specific Correct. in that industry. Yeah. I mean, you're not just like, you know, charge nurse running up and down the halls talking no, to I people. I did that, but not, yeah. No, I was like their nurse and saw patients and mm -hmm. you know discharged when we'd make rounds and things like that loved it learned a lot so did you take a break from nursing i did well kind of yes yeah. i did <laughs> i 25 did. year break <laughs> okay no no i did well, i i uh i kind of did i i got out of the cardiology part mm -hmm. and kind of did some agency nursing and then i sure. kind of roamed around did worked at saint joe's downtown Love that. I did a lot of ICU and, and different things there. And then um, uh, when we had Rachel, um, probably when she was about eight, our niece came to live with us. So I decided I needed to focus in on the family sure. and not drive everywhere. So that's what I did. I kind of I scaled my hours back and I worked one day a week and then I took care of the kids. Okay. Yeah, Shelly and I had a very similar situation. You guys are going through this right now. I mean, because I think Maggie just left her previous position she had been with for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. kind of getting family focused, but also bringing her into the business, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, so y'all made that decision together. But then also the, the liberty that so many people don't have today of knowing that I can go out and focus 12 hours a day because I know that my house is taken care of, right? Because I knew that Shelly was able to be there. Right. And Shelly while she was raising kids and doing all the booster clubs and doing all the everything was also still running all the books and doing all the finances. I mean, James and I have very, very similar stories in this regard. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I go home and just ask her if we have money, you know, I mean, <laughs> she's whiz, <laughs> that, I will say, <laughs> but, uh, so Mark, what was your background? Um, I've always been involved in the industrial sector. I've worked okay. in the chemical plants, not in the plants. Houston's but, a good place for that. But supported them um, okay. from uh, construction, maintenance, and all that sort of stuff. So you know which end of a hammer to hold on to. I don't, that I don't want to hold on to that hammer. <laughs> I like that's a good answer. Um, I learned a long time ago it's easier to, and a lot more profitable to sell the materials than it is to actually install them. So Sure. Um, but I you have a general understanding of construction and things of that nature. Absolutely, yeah. That's... 
grossly lacking in the real estate industry today. It is, and it's also a big plus because when I go in these homes now with a new buyer, I can find a whole lot of stuff. Before Even where you can speak intelligently before, on it. Yeah, before they ever fall in love with that home, we can find out if they want to fall in love with it or not. <laughs> so, you have to look under the hood first. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let's kick a few tires. Let's walk around it. Let's make sure. Sure. And I had that conversation real candidly with the new client that I'm showing. Absolutely. And they appreciate it. So it really develops that strong rapport with them mm-hmm. and that trust. You know, it's funny. I, was, I have this conversation regularly now, um, but... In 1984, agents made 6% because you, I mean, you were out there with your key map book and you had to know every back street, every alley, you had to know everything, everybody's everything. But with the advent of Google, you know, I've had people who called me and they're like, hey, I need to sell a house in Kingwood, but you're not from my area. You know, or like there was a big thing that came up in the MLS um, through Trek a couple of years ago where it said that, you know, if you're working outside an area that you understand or know, you can actually get in trouble. And I'm like, do people not have a browser on their webs? I mean, I can tell you more about your neighborhood in 15 minutes than you will probably know from having lived there for five years. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, and so with that, I think it's more important than ever that investors, agents, uh, you know, anybody in the real estate sector really double down on what it is that they're bringing to the table and they're trying to provide. I mean, James, that's, that's the cornerstone of how you run your business. You know, James is famous for saying he wants the money that he lends to be the least important thing that he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's about the service, it's about the relationships. Well, most lenders, that's all they bring is money. And a lot of paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> this much. Yeah. 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 So, man, if I can, you know, I think that's business. You know, it's how much value can you bring to the transaction outside of, Outside of why course. they called you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that to me is the key to be, you know, mm-hmm. finding it. A- you know, Cardone was saying something last week, which he, he likes to be over the top about everything. But he said, you know, he said he hates the term, and I actually use this term all the time, under-promise and over-deliver. He said, I don't agree with that. He said, I think you should over-promise and over-deliver. He said, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard. Yep. You know, don't, he said, don't sell them a bill of goods by saying you're going to do less and then just do what you were going to do anyways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I live by the creed, you know, exceed the client's expectations. It makes them easy for them to call you back. Sure. That's why I haven't, I've lost about 70 pounds. And uh, I've got my old photo of me 70 pounds ago. So that whenever people see me. Yeah, on our on our podcast video, when you see the, the link, it's always, I'm like, do you have any picture? He's like, no, I like that picture. Because then when I show up, people are like, damn. <laughs> it's the opposite of most realtors. I don't do too much realtor stuff. No, no. Yeah. So tell me about, or tell us about how you guys got into real estate. I mean, because you know everybody says, "Hey, I think I want to sell real estate," and ninety-five percent of them shouldn't. That is correct. <laughs> oh. It looks so that. easy. You just go around showing houses, and I'm going, oh, "That's not no, all you do. do." But okay, um, well. My mom moved in with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, she moved here. My dad passed away when Rachel was 15 months old. Rachel will be 27, our okay. daughter, in um, July. And so when Rachel was five, my mom moved here. And we, you know, she did her thing. And then my mom got Alzheimer's. Okay. And she could not live by herself anymore. So I took on that role of caregiver and she moved in with us. Mm hmm. And, you know, that was really hard. I had contemplated going back into nursing. 
So I was going to have to get my license reinstated and sure. everything. And there was like 70 hours that you have to put in. I'm like, how am I going to go do 70 hours? You know. I've got mom. I've got mom. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine had his own brokerage. And, he, and I went to him and I said, hey, do you need anybody to work on the weekends? I could work the front desk. And he said, sure. So I uh, worked the front desk and answered phones. And then Mark would take care of mom on the weekends so I could Give do that. Sure. And and then he would work during the week. I find one of the funniest transitions, I shouldn't say funny, but one of the interesting ones, very few people that start out working around real estate don't end up in real estate because they get that paycheck at the end of the month and then they see what the agents are making and they're like, that guy's not that smart. <laughs> yes, true. You know, and his check's got a lot more zeros than mine, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I, Mark was like, why don't you get your license? I'm like, ah. I was like, I don't think I can do that. I, I don't think I don't think I'm that smart enough. He goes, you have a bachelor of science degree in nursing. Mm-hmm. Hello, you're smart enough. So I started working on it. And on the weekends, I, when I was there and not answering the phones, because, you know, it's pretty quiet. At, sure. You know, at the desk and stuff. So I just got online and I did Champion School of Real Estate, which is two thumbs up to them. I, I am glad that I went that route and got my license. And then I'll never forget um, when I took my test, it was on May 19th in 2014. And that was our wedding anniversary. Oh. And that just happened to be the day that I got chosen to take the sure. test and stuff. So Mark said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, it depends. We can go out and celebrate if I pass. And if I don't pass, then I'm going to be in bed and we're not doing anything. Because I'm going to be <laughs> upset. And, and as I was, um, you know, taking, you know, learning and doing the, the pre-test stuff that you can do. And you go to Champions and, you know, you take the... The review. Yeah, the review course. The 16-hour review. Oh, yeah. And then I had the flashcards. Oh, my gosh. I'd make my mom just hold the flashcards up. Mm -hmm. You know, she helped me, too. And I remember going through all that, and I would tell my girls they were in college. I said, look, if I can be this age, taking care of somebody with Alzheimer's, working on the weekend, and studying for this test, then surely you can make it through college. I mean, One would hope. One would hope. Well, I went... I took the test, and you had to, at that point in time, you were in this little room with a glass window, and they were watching you, and there were other people in there, like, for um, hairdressers and just different kinds of people that need license testing Mm -hmm. and stuff. And you I always to, thought that that room was a little overkill for a real estate license. Oh gosh, was I was like, like are we getting like <clears throat> national security clearance here or what? For real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, leave all your stuff in the locker. Give me your thumbprint. Yeah. Stand in this room. Walk through the metal Empty your pockets. I was like, bro, no, I just wanted to sell some houses. In. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it and I was like, oh my gosh, and you know, I got through the first two or three questions, and I was like, oh my god, I don't know anything. You know, you oh think yeah, because it's very scary. Get to the end. Are you done? Yes. Are you sure you're done? Yes. I mean, you had to push. Are you like seriously sure you're done? Five times, and then it comes up. You passed state. You passed national. 
And I just started crying because I was like, oh, my gosh. So I walk out of the room, and I'm bawling, and they're like, congratulations. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I'm just bawling my eyes out. And they're like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I just, I said, do people do this? Do they cry? They go, not because they pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, they do quite regularly, but not for the not reason you're doing you're it. you're crying. I was like, well, I guess that's an old lady thing. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience. So hard, but good experience. Mark, you came in quite a bit after her, though, right? I came in about two years afterwards. We had talked about this before. Yeah. Um, some of the backstory to Kelly was she was up there working, and I had suggested that she go up there, get her out of the house, let her answer the phone, meet people in the community, sure, all that sort of stuff. Because she's not already a social butterfly. Yeah, Yeah, this is my plan, right? So she goes up there, she comes back, she says, I got a job, great, what are your your work hours? She goes, I'll be working Saturdays and Sundays. I'm like, whoa, time out. (laughs) We go to the ranch on the weekends, because we have a place Mm -hmm. in Waco, a family place. But I was like, okay, let's go ahead and move forward with it. It'll give you a time to get out of the house. I can take care of Gigi, everything's cool. Sure. Two weeks go by. Not two weeks of work. Worst weekend, second weekend, Kelly comes home. She goes, guess what I'm going to do? I said, you're going to get your real estate license and be an agent. She goes, how did you know that? I said, that was my plan in the beginning, baby. Because if I told you to go get your real estate license, you'd look at me like I was crazy. But that it's your idea, we're all in. So Kelly gets her license and we celebrate. We're still taking care of her mom. So she's in and out of it. And so we talked about retirement strategy. Sure. So I could get... In line with her about doing real estate together, I've always, I've always wanted to be an agent, mm-hmm. but but my career path never took me that way. Sure. So no better time than now, right? So we decided to, I enrolled, and I was actually in between jobs. Mm-hmm. So I would go back to Champion School of Real Estate, did everything remote. I'd get up at seven thirty in the morning until ten o'clock at night. It's a job. In about. It's a job. Yeah, it was, and I made it that way. But there's uh, a mentality that goes along with that, because I've got people that I talk to regularly that, like, yeah, I've been working. I was like, bro, you've been working on that for six months. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. I started, I started, finished, and was licensed in six weeks. That's about the timeline I did, because yeah. I moved through it I quick. Did it, I did it. It was 24 hours before you could take the next test, right? And there's six yeah. Tests. yeah. I did it yeah. in six days. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because you, you, yeah, you go through and you do this, and then you got to wait for the clock, right. yeah. and then you go do the yeah. next one, wait for the clock. Quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like that with everything. I'm yep. super obsessive. So I started doing well. started doing it online. Mm-hmm. I'd go take the test at Champions. Sure. Nice controlled environment. Get my new book. I'm old school. Get my magic highlighter, <laughs> and I'm highlighting everything for another two days. You know, do the test, get through it. So it's my turn to go take my test. Well, I do double. The review, two weekends back to back. I'm making sure I'm on my I'm on I my am. game, right? <laughs> well, during all this time, my dad's calling me. Still got your head in the books? Yeah, I got my head in the books, Dad. How you doing on the book? I got my head in the books, Dad. So I tell Kelly and my dad, I scheduled my test in Galveston. It was like right after my second review weekend. Sure. I go down to Galveston. I get there early. I'm on the beach. I'm looking. I'm praying. Jesus, help me get through this. <laughs> And go take the test. And Kelly's like, you'll know immediately what your results are. I was like, okay. So I go in the glass booth. Everybody's watching your cameras. Here, oh, cameras yeah. There, do my test, you know. I come out. I think I've been there for like four days. 
um, I come out, you know, and I've gathered all my stuff, and I turn to the clerk there, and I said, okay, so where's, where's the results? And they go, we have a little problem. I was like, we don't have a problem. You might have a problem. Mm -hmm. What's the problem? I can't print your results. I said, well, just turn the computer screen around and let me see it. He goes, it doesn't display it. I said, well, this is a college. Go get another printer. He goes, we've already tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> I go, so I'm going to walk out of here not knowing? He says, unfortunately. So I leave, and I call Kelly. She goes, how'd you do? I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes, what do you mean you don't know? You're supposed to find out. I'm like, not today, baby. <laughs> yep, the best so, laid plans. So I'm like, okay, I've had it with this. I go home. I'm going to get uh, go by the, get my hair cut the next morning, and I'm going to the ranch. So I go get my hair cut. I'm telling Barbara, that guy that I've known for a long time, you know, I'm just crying to him. This is crazy. Can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. And I leave. Well, while I was there, I had a 409 call. Like, I need not even answer the phone. Yeah. So I get out of the car. I look, 409, I call back, and I get this message. Mr. Lord, uh, congratulations. This is so-and-so, so-and-so down here at the community college. You passed both your tests. Sweet. I go back in the barbershop. Jason. I passed my test, and the whole barbershop cheers me, you know, as I leave. <laughs> so that's how I got my license. That's uh, good. Yeah. And so we've been working together as a team mm -hmm. um, and just plugging away. So if you don't mind me asking, what has been your <clears throat> best production year thus far? Will it be this year, last year? Last year. Last year? This year will be. This year, yeah. yeah. Have you grown your business every year? Yes. Yes. Substantially, incrementally? I would say it just kind of, it with taking care of my mom, my first four years in real estate was pretty much Sure, it was bad. somewhat passive. It, mm -hmm. it was. I mean, I, I did work. I mean, I probably did more than the general. Mm -hmm. I just didn't think that it was. Well, the general's pretty bad. I know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, when the national average is $48,000 a year for a real estate agent, I was like, I'm broke at forty eight grand. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, even at that, wasn't I think in there the state or something? At oh, it's even lower. 20, 28. 28,000, yeah. something like that. So mm -hmm. I, I exceeded that and the national, but I really wanted to do more. But I just, my focus was my sure. mom. And I'm so yeah. grateful that I got that time because she passed in 2015 and uh, from Alzheimer's. Well, you know, time is important. Time is the reason why I came to real estate. You know, James, mm -hmm. I know that, I mean, your kids are, hold on, four and eight? Seven and five. I was in the ballpark. Close. Yeah, close. <laughs> but, I mean, that's time you won't get back, right? I mean, to be present. I mean, even though you're running a 1,000 miles an hour, you're still home every night, you know. One of the things know. with the, I told you about two weeks ago, I went out to the woods for about a week. Mm -hmm. Did I tell you that? I don't think you did. Yeah, so I was literally out. I went to Utopia. you ever heard of that? Down mm -hmm. in West Texas, and mm -hmm. I spent a week out. Dropped my kids off at my mother-in-law's, and I just spent a week by myself. Reading and reflecting and trying to get back and spending more time with the Lord. and just getting, nice. getting uh back. But anyway, one of the things I come up with was I wanted to be done by 5 o'clock every day. Sure. To go pick up my, my kids. And I went from 5 to 8 to be spent with, with my children. Sure. Right, there's seven and five. Maggie's left. What happened is, you know, real estate, right? I mean, we're going one place or another. It's you look up, it's seven o'clock, right? We, yeah, let I me take my, one more phone call. Yeah, let me yeah. I get home and I have 30 minutes with my kids. So I was like, one of the reasons my wife left was to be able to spend devoted time toward children. So, sure, I told her, I said, that was one of the things I, that I, I left with is that so you're committing yourself to at sure. five o'clock every day, I'm done. 
And the deal will be there tomorrow. Yeah, if it's a good deal, I'll pass it to Jason or something. <laughs> <laughs> my phone's always on because my kids are gone and I can talk after five. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, that's just something, you know, good quality time. Well, or something. I, I, I come away with that trip. Jack called me yesterday at 538 or something. And he's like, hey, I know you guys have family dinner at six. I'll make it fast. So like Thursdays, the whole family comes home every Thursday. And we sit down, we play a board game and we eat dinner together. That's awesome. You know, and my whole reason for coming into real estate was that I had I had missed everything running my business. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I looked up and Darian was a senior. Yeah. And the other two were coming into high school. One was a freshman. One was going to be an incoming freshman. And I was like, all right, I have a very, very small window of time to actually be present. You know, and so that was the reason why I came in. Now, it doesn't hurt that I 5X my income within two years. That's nice. You know, but also being present. You know, it's funny, um, my phone will not stop going off. Um, you'll appreciate this. Bethany, mm-hmm. y'all know Bethany, she's mm-hmm. our middle one. She calls me yesterday, and she goes, okay, so I'm not going to get into your personal stuff. She goes, and I know that you guys have money in your HHB, Happy House Buyer. She goes, but how are you buying all these houses? You don't have that much money. <laughs> 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 and I was like, so I had to explain that she's like, Okay. She goes, because I'm just like watching your Facebook and stuff, and I'm just like, I know my dad does not have that much money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kelly, what is next for y'all? Or let me let me go backwards before we go forwards. If and I would love to hear this from each of you. If you could pick one person, like if you're just gonna go back, I mean, and obviously there's a multitude of people. Mm-hmm. If you could pick one person, either in your personal or professional life, that you really think if, if I had not had the blessing of that person coming through my path, I wouldn't be where I'm at. For me, honestly, I think it it was two people, and it was my mom and dad. That's a, that's a great answer. They, not a lot of people can give that answer these days. No, they can't. And I, not that they were perfect people. I mean, we're all They imperfect. never are. We aren't. But my mom and dad fed into me that they were proud of me. Mm-hmm. Everything I did. They they encouraged me. Um, I remember when I left uh, University of Arkansas, and uh, I had come home for a semester, and I just wasn't sure. You know, I, I had been at a school that was accredited for a bachelor science degree, and then they went to an AD program, and I didn't want that. I mm-hmm. wanted a bachelor's degree, so I was kind of deflated, you know. And my dad said, "Well, I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going over to Tulsa." I said, Dad, first of all, that's a private university. Cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. How are we going to do that? And I I don't think I can do that. And we drove over there, and and I had had a little bit of fun in college and didn't make. I think most of us did. Excellent grades or anything like that. So when the director of nursing was sitting across from us, and she's like, Well. You know your grades and my dad did this number to me I'm sitting next to him and he just kind of looks over at me and as he's looking he can he said I can assure you oh, that yeah. she will make her grades and you know it wasn't like he was like threatening me or anything it was just that he knew well, he's pulling a daddy card he did yeah and but he would always <laughs> say I'm so proud of you my mom would tell me that all the time, how proud she was of me, how um, I can't, oh, you just do this so well. 
And it wasn't that they were like blowing smoke. I mean, they really truly felt that way, but it made me feel that way. That's good. You so know? having the confidence, internal confidence to know mm-hmm. that you can accomplish what you're going after. Yeah. Mark, same question. Um, I'll have to give credit to my father. Yeah. My father is, um, he was born in rural Louisiana, very poor, and he has profited for himself over the course of his 80. Six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always coached me, mentored me, supported me, loved on me uh, my entire career. There's probably not 72 hours that go by where I don't have a conversation with him mm-hmm. just to check in, see how you're doing. Um, I spent last weekend with him for a couple of days, just he and I just chilling on the ranch. That's uh, he, cool. He bought some more property up there. So that keeps him motivated, gives him something to do. So Purpose. He's got another hundred acres to go work and play on, you know? So, um, he has, um, always, he, he started out in the industrial electrical uh, business, worked for the same company for 43 years. Oh, wow. Was very successful with them. Uh, had a very well-respected name in the city of Houston on the products that he sold. And um, part of my career, I worked for a distributor that sold those products. So we worked together you know, sure. during those years. And so now I have to give all credit to him. I mean, That's good. it's just been a blessing. And it's a blessing to have him here today still. So knowing when people have invested in you, I mean, James, I know that, and I, and I could be speaking out of turn, but I think that historically speaking, your business philosophy of wanting to feed into people, wanting to take people to a higher level and the money being the smallest piece of what you do and all that other stuff, somehow that's an amalgamation from life that you've experienced. Either it's from a shortage or an abundance of that type of mentality, right? So where did where do you get that mentality from? It's books. Books? Yeah. Okay. I would say that's been sewn into me. I think I love reading and I love like I always say success is something you adapt yourself to. You figure out success principles. What is success? What is... Because it's different for everybody. Yeah. There's certain aspects of it, like that idea of expectations, right? Mm-hmm. You over-promise, and then like, that's a and philosophy there you, sure. you got. From, and that's a good thought, I think. Mm-hmm. So and I just think over time, you pick up little random thoughts like that, and you, you kind of layer it on your philosophy on life. You really get it through reading, or in that terms, it was a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Uncle, absolutely. Uncle G. Uncle G. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I heard. But, but, you know, they just they give you these thoughts, and I think you know they they make an impression upon you, and you start filtering, and you start laying them on top of how you think. I heard a really interesting thought yesterday, and and this won't be true for everybody, especially not in today's society. But they said, and this is more so for men than women but that every guy in his early years, and I'm talking like 20s or whatever, feels like a false version of their father, right? Because you are you don't really have it all together yet. You hadn't figured it all out yet, and you're trying to copy some version or not copy some version of what you've experienced. And so you feel like a false version or like, I used to tell Shelly, when we had Darian and Bethany, we had two kids at this point, and I would look at her once a week and go, who the hell let us have kids? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm like 24 at the time, and I'm you know working at a cash register somewhere, and I'm just like, who let me appropriate? <laughs> I mean, you got to have a license to drive a car, but they'll let anybody have kids. 
you know, but anyways, and so, but over time, those philosophies, the readings, the people that feed into you, uh, the people that came before you, I think all of that is what manifests into that day when you kind of wake up and you go, okay, I'm not my father. You know, I'm, this is me, right? You know, I mean, so this is, this is the version and you kind of get to that point where you, and unfortunately, sometimes I think in life, it, it takes way too long. Well, actually, I said this <laughs> yesterday to a guy as a, I said, uh, one of life's greatest tragedies is we get old too soon mm-hmm. and wise too late. Absolutely. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the youth is wasted on the young, you know, all of that stuff. Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. books and mentors can speed up that process. That's absolutely a testament. Can. Well, it's, I'm 35 and, you know, I've sure. tried to get around people better than me my whole life. And just let them sew into me and listen and do what they say. So I was listening to Uncle G on a podcast on the way here. And this kid, he's like, you know, he's graduating with his uh, MBA from some university. And he's like, I can either, he's like, you know, I've got this deal I want to buy. It's an apartment complex. You know, my dad works at this law firm. And I can, oh, I can get at least like 20 grand from these different guys that they'll feed into it. And I can get the money to put down and X, Y, Z. And he's like, you know, should I do that? Or should I go get a job in finance? You know, go work on Wall Street for a while. And he's like... He said, straight up, he goes, what you need to do? He goes, go get the job, go do the deal. Neither one of those matter. He goes, you got to go find somebody that's performing at a level far superior to anything that you think you're currently capable of accomplishing. You know, because you've got to have that one person whose vision is so far ahead of your own that they help you to see a new vision, right? You know, whether that comes from reading or if it comes from listening or if it comes from going to church or if it comes from going to see Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins or whoever your your own version of that is, I think we get so used to the sphere that we're in that, you know, it's like that infinity loop, right? And if you don't break that cycle, you're never gonna you're never gonna expand your horizons because you're just in that that infinite loop of people, ideas, and they just regurgitate and reiterate the same things over and over and over again. There's no growth in that, I don't think. You know, we've had this conversation a million times. The five-year-old white belt asks the best questions. The 40-year-old <laughs> black belt asks stupid questions. <laughs> right? The five-year-old white belt's got amazing questions because they're completely honest and open, and they're thinking on a plane that, with no preconceived judgments. Right. You know? And I think we've all got those preconceived judgments that limit us until somebody can come in and knock that prejudice out of your head. So, Jack, I'd how much? Say, t- I'd go say ahead. One thing I'd say is always having a curious mind. When I first started in real estate, I had a couple agents fire me oh. because I was I wanted to know everything, especially in the investment side. You know, I, <laughs> you ever? I, but I, it was more like I want to know, not mm-hmm. you know. So it's like I always say you can you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars or lose hundreds of thousands of dollars on based on what you know, especially in the investment side. Yeah, and I want to know everything. So I always and I've taken that approach. Know, having a curious mind, just wanting, just asking questions and listening. Right? I think it's a lot easier to ask, to answer a question from somebody if you know they're going to do something with it. Like they're 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 genuinely interested in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like that's always isn't it easier to sew into somebody when you? No, absolutely. When you when you see genuine uh, a genuine nature to what they're doing. But the other thing that I find very interesting is the people that are so busy talking that they can't listen, right? You don't learn from your mouth being open. You learn by closing your mouth, right? Opening your ears. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. you know, close your mouth, open your ears, yes. sit down, shut up. You know. <laughs> but uh, in this weekend, like I said, it's a huge networking event, two or 3,000 people there. And everybody's got something. So everybody there is, to use a term that you would, is, is functioning on a very high frequency. I mean, they're all, you got people in there worth 600 million. You know, I bumped into Tillman Fertitta going to the John. Yeah. And nobody wow. in the room knew who he was. Wow. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess there's the next speaker. And the guy's in the bathroom. There's like 30 people in the bathroom. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, that brother just walked out. So he's worth like 10 to 15 billion. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? I was like, yeah. Have you ever heard of Bubba Gump? You ever heard of Landry's? You ever heard of the Gold Nugget franchise? It's like the dude owns all of it. He did tell a funny story, by the way, though. Uh, Grant Cardone asked Tom Fatita, he's like, what's the difference between being a millionaire and a billionaire? And Fertitta stops for a second. And he goes, everything. He goes, you know, he goes, this location, and this location was awesome. It was like right on the beach, you know, Fort Lauderdale Beach. It was gorgeous. Um, he goes, this location's a pain in the ass. And Grant's like, what are you talking about? This is a great hotel. He's like, I had to dock my 252-foot yacht in Miami and then get on my helicopter and fly to the airport and then catch a ride, and it took me like 20 minutes to get here. He's like, you need to find a better venue. <laughs> you know, but, but anyways, just being around those right people that are on that frequency, that are growing higher, going faster, you know, thinking better, thinking more open, thinking more you know, evolutionary, revolutionary that are, are having new thought. I mean, in 2022, it's hard to come up with a new thought, right? Yeah, it is. It's hard to come up with a new idea, to, yeah. a new way of doing things, you know. And I think a lot of, and I think your business is very much like this, James, is it's really, it's a throwback idea. I don't know that your idea is progressive as much as it is more old school, Let's get back to a way of doing business. Yeah, I did a speech in Houston, and I had a guy from Yokum, Texas. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember the story. Yeah, that? No. Mm -hmm. I did a talk. Basically, the thought was, is in Houston, you know, you have all these people. It's all transactional, right? I mean, it's like, right. if I lose you as a client, I'm just going to the next one. Go on to the next one. And my, my point was, it's not about... Customer retention as much as it is customer or customer acquisition as it is retention. Sure. Just keeping you know strong relationships and just treating people right, right? And when I finished this guy, this guy, uh, there's about five thousand people in Yokum. He was the president of Yokum Tech, Yokum National Bank. He said uh, he was like, you know, you have a lot of old-fashioned ideas. He was like, in Yokum we have five thousand people, so if we lose a client, I can't just replace that client. Mm -hmm. I have to keep everybody happy. I was like, well, isn't that just the way business should be? It's just, you want to keep well, your Well, should be and happy. is are no, not the same thing that's these true. days. But you just think that's just a, to me, it's not some old-fashioned idea. It's just the way. I think the tacky, way of, the tacky way of saying that is hit it and quit it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I just think that's the right way to do business. I don't, whether it was. If, you, if you're not getting repeat clients. There's a problem. Yeah. And not that there's not issues, right? I mean, there's always... There, always there is always, in a real estate transaction, there's always something. But what we like to do is we like to bring our client into the family. Mm -hmm. it's, it, they're our family. I mean, You're making it relational rather than are. transactional. Our Absolutely. daughter got married uh, just this month. 
on the 18th of November. Congratulations. Thank I you. saw the picture. She was beautiful. It, it was gorgeous. It was her, her vision came to fruition. And hey, that's she good. was very happy about it, very appreciative. And, you know, a lot of our clients are our friends, like on our social media and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But also, they wanted pictures. So I sent, and, and I'm not kidding, they're, they're all over. I mean, we have them all over the place. And we sent pictures and thank yous, you know, for this or that or, you know, just being sweet. I had this one client that was a referral, and uh, they he and his wife became like grandparents, honestly, <laughs> to us and to our girls. Like when they would come home, they go, can we go eat with them? We'd go to Luby's and eat, you know. And so he's he's passed away last year, um, and uh, his wife, who's still a friend, she had to move up to the north, uh, sure, to be with her their son and stuff. And so I sent her, her name's Irene, and her sister Marianne pictures, and they wanted video of the ceremony and stuff like that. So I'm working on that, but it's things well, they're like, invested. They're invested yeah. and. We have clients that, you know, are our friends that trust us, you know, uh, like no trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And that to me, being a nurse, I bring that, the skills I have is in nursing mm-hmm. into my real estate business. Because for me, it parallels. Um, so you have bedside manner and curbside manner. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And there, you know. If you're in the hospital, there's there's something going on, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you go through a, a transaction, a real estate transaction, there's something going on, and there's emotions on both sides. Mm-hmm. So you have to know how to navigate that. And well, and we've had that conversation a hundred times: the houses versus homes. You know, yeah. You deal primarily in houses. You know, where Kelly, you deal primarily in homes, homes. right? I mean, yes. so. In, in, I think as long as you're respectful, but at the same time you deal with homes because if it's a grandma and grandpa and or somebody raised their family there and you want to be respectful of it, I mean the numbers still have to make sense, so it's transactional, but you're still respectful of their family home. You know, I mean, and there's so much of that that again, so uh, Rift, our uh, platform, technology platform, they brought us the first versions of like the opening pages and all that kind of stuff because the platform's being built out. And the very first thing I told him was, I was like, this opening page is way too transactional. I said, it's, it looks like every other real estate platform. It's like, hey, give us an address. Here's how much your house is worth. Here's some shit that sold. Here's some shit that didn't sell. You know, I'm just like, no. I said, I want this to be fun, fluffy. This is a new way of doing business. It needs to have a completely different vibe. And so they went back and completely redid everything. You know, but it was, it was just too, eh. you know, oh, look, you're going to sell a house. This is how much you make. This is what it costs. You know, I mean, and it's so easy to get caught up in the minutia of the transaction. Right. You know, and that's not real estate. That's that's anything. I mean, if you're selling semi-tractor trailers, if you're, you know, trading mutual funds or anything, I mean, it's it's so easy in this technological, transactional world that we live in. I mean, hell, I mean, people are dating online. Everything yeah, has everything become transactional. Mm-hmm. Everything has. You know, there's so, no relationship to things hardly, and and we really. Try. But that's a differentiator now. Yeah. Though. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really easy to differentiate yourself from the masses mm-hmm. just by well, one in real estate calling people back, 
uh, you know, but by... That's a novel idea, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Answering your phone. Wow. You know, I was I was talking to my wife, and I will not get into specifics about it, because otherwise she'll yell at me. Um, but we were talking about some people that we know and some things that were going on. She's like, but he's got a job. I go, is that our new marker of success? <laughs> he's got a job? I was like, he's 26. I was like, I hope he's got... I said, but he still lives with his mom. You know, I mean, and I'm just like, you know, that the the litmus test for success today, the bar is so low. Yep. So low. I mean, Jack, what's average? About 50 pounds overweight. That's average. And I preach that in our office all the time. It is. I mean, and it's yeah. not a popular sentiment. For those of you on the cheap seats that didn't hear that, in my opinion, average is 50 pounds overweight and on government cheese, right? I mean, it, there are certain, those programs are there for individuals that need them, but it was never supposed to be generational. It was not supposed to be intentional. It was not supposed to be what it is, yeah. right? And so when that's average, dude, I don't want to be, I'm not okay with average. I don't want to live an average life. I figured we get like, what, what's the average now? Like 81 years? Something like that. 78. 70, is wow. what I heard the other Mine day. was optimistic. Thanks, Kelly. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I just lost three years, damn it. Well, I'm knocking yeah. on the door, too. Oh, let's see. You know, but you get one trip on this merry-go-round. Is average okay? Does your wife deserve average? Maggie's better than average. She deserves better than average, right? Yeah. I mean, your kids deserve better than average. Your grandkids deserve better than average. You know, even if you don't think you deserve better than average, if you love the people you're around, freaking get up. Go get it done. That's my opinion. I'll get off my soapbox. Jack, are we out of time? All right. Did we run over again? Nah. Nah. <laughs> Let me give you one more thought. Go for Just it. Just end that. I did a seminar about three weeks ago. On, had 44 people there on investing. I kind of had a first one I've ever done. It was two days full of exhausting, you know. It's like a, yeah. <laughs> emotionally, yeah, mentally. Emotionally yeah. I went and asked a number of people kind of what they thought about it. I wanted to get opinion, see if what I can improve. And I had one guy tell me, he goes, you know, it felt like I was with family for two days. Sure. Like that was like the best compliment I could ever get. Absolutely. And I, and I was with it family is. for two full days. And I was like, you know what? That means, that means a lot to me. No, it does. Yeah. Only problem is if you had actually went and spent two days with your family, you'd be losing money, not making it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was better. It was better. better than, it's better than, than spending family. time with family. <laughs> yes. Some, some people might say, I felt like I wasn't with my family for two days. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, did you enjoy your family? Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm going to need some clarification on what that means. Well, Kelly, Mark, appreciate you guys being here so Absolutely. much. James, Thank pleasure as always. Me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in every week. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And uh, Mark and Kelly, give us just a little bit of information on where they can reach you, social media, or your name of your office and team. We are we are with Remax Five Star Realty. It's off of the Beltway in Crenshaw, in okay. Pasadena. Uh, our our um, website. Go ahead. Uh, is www.thekellylordteam.com. Well, that's not um, a hard one to remember. No, yeah. it's not. We, we, we try to make it simple to find it. Um, and then we're all media. We're on Instagram. She has an account. I have an account. Facebook. We're awesome. Posted on Facebook. Google everything else you can find us. But Fantastic. KillerLordTeam.com. It's uh, a first good place to start. Excellent. All right, everybody, go out there, be good, and don't forget to invest in yourself and those people around you. Have a great day. Thank you.